You're listening to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday morning. And I'm super stoked to welcome back on the program the one and the only Cruzy McCalligan. Cruz, it's great to speak to you. How are you doing today? I'm well. How are you doing today? Yes, I'm good. Feeling feeling a bit energetic. Yeah, I mean, not overly energetic, but energetic enough. I'm going to put that down to the lovely breeze that we have at the moment. <laughs> yes. It's delightful. I've got all the windows open in my house and it's just like a well, house, sorry, apartment, obviously. <laughs> um, not a house. Um, and it's just like this this proper like through breeze and it's very invigorating. I'm like, oh, my, my hair is blowing in the wind inside. It's delightful. Exactly. It's very rare for Hong Kong. It is so, yeah. at this time of, of the year. So what have you got for our listeners uh, this morning? Um, I'm going to talk about cactuses or cacti. So before I start saying like, oh, is it cacti? Is it cactuses? Um, Actually, both are correct. It's just really that um, scientific research and print media would favor saying cacti over cactuses. But if you use the word cactuses, it's absolutely fine. So just before anyone goes, you're saying cactuses and I think you mean cacti. Well, I know, but it's this is an informal conversation. So it's totally okay to say cactuses. Anyway, we're talking about cactuses. Why are we talking about cactuses? Good question. Um, a number of years ago, I inherited a cactus from my sister. She gave me a cactus in a pot. And it really was like if you drew a cartoon of a cactus, right? Um, you know, kind of like bulbous, like three bulbous arms, if you know what I mean. Like the, the stereotype of a cactus. That's what it looked like. And how today, big is this? How big is that cactus? Well, it wasn't very big before. I would say like maybe the size of your forearm. Okay. Oh. oh. I'm trying to think of a measurement as I'm looking around. Um, but today, That's like after big. I would say like five or six years, it is this absolute monstrosity. It has continued to grow and grow in like just taking over. I mean, I, I can't even support it. It's like flopping over my balcony. It's everywhere. But I kind of love it. And I have no intention of like, you know, doing anything to it. And over the years, we've even seen it flower because we've just left it alone. It's had these flowers that come up and everything. And then the flowers go away and then another bit of cactus grows. I didn't know that's how it worked, but it is. Um, and it's funny. I, I kind of like, I, I've never really, you know, I've not I don't really have a very green thumb, so I feel like a cactus suits me quite well as a as a plant. We've also quite found low that maintenance. Yeah, sort of. yeah, hardy, durable, all those sorts of things. Um, but I've also found that with our cactus, like we've also found a couple of our plants. I don't know how this happened on our balcony. Have this kind of like parasite cactus that's a different kind of cactus. It's kind of like a long cactusy finger that's grown up in the base of some of these plant pots. I'm like, where did this come from? How did this? Like, you know, we have a little bamboo plant and it's got a cactus growing underneath it like what how did this happen anyway the point is it's all made me very interested to learn more um our auntie who who lives with us is um like our helper is returning to the philippines and she asked me can i take a cutting of the big enormous goliath cactus to take back with me and i was like sure you can she's like yeah we just have this like weird fondness for it just want to see it grow in other places um but it made me think quite a lot about the cactus um and okay if we look at the words the origins of the words cactus cactus uh, originates from the greek name cactos um which cactos is a spanish artichoke 
or what they would call the prickly plant of Sicily um, in Greece. The Greeks used the word cactus to refer to this spiky plant, which they compared to an artichoke. However, it later emerged that the plant they referred to as cactus was actually an artichoke and not a cactus, and they're very different. An artichoke and a cactus are different things. But um, there's lots of other ways that we think the word has come about. Um, For example... It could have come from the Latin word cardoon, which is a very classical word. Um, And in 1769, it was thought the American prickly cactus was um, related to the cactal, which is another kind of plant. So it's got some interesting origins. I mean, it's a great word as well, don't you think? Cactus. Cactus Like it's just so, it's very fricative. You know, it's a great word. Sounds it's a great like word. what it looks like. Yes, of. exactly, exactly. Um, now, interesting facts about cactus. Most of us would know that they survive in a desert very well. Obviously, that's what they're known for. Um, and, of course, it very rarely rains in a desert, which is why it's a desert. Um, but when it does rain, the rain is so light, it may take many months for a desert to experience rain again. And, of course, the sun is so hot in a de- desert, it um, dries up the rainwater in a very short time. So how does a cactus survive without water for extended periods? Well, they store a lot of water whenever it rains. So you might imagine that a cacti may have like really deep roots to enable them to absorb water from deep in the earth. And while that's true for most environments and most plants, it's not the same for deserts. So because water evaporates pretty fast with the hot sun, the soil actually can never soak up the water and store it below the surface. So plants like a cactus have a very shallow root system to allow them to absorb as much water as possible. The roots are only 1.3 centimeters deep. So it's really, 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 really really shallow, really shallow. Um, So it doesn't take long for rainwater to reach them to be absorbed. So aside from being shallow, the the roots also traverse across very large areas. So they cover a larger surface area to allow the, you know, like think shallow and far, right? Which is really interesting. Now, after absorption, the plant, plant stores gallons of water in its stem, which makes it look quite swollen. And the desert stand may look very, um, but yeah, but you you may see that it would be very dry in a desert, but you could tell if it had rained recently because the cactuses would be plump. <laughs> That's basically a way of looking at it. Um, yeah, so it's very interesting. And, and they, they're, they're like incredibly fascinating in terms of how they've adapted to that environment. So I know they have a poor reputation. You know, they're thorny, prickly. You can't hug a cactus. You know, like it doesn't look like something, you know, it's not as pretty as a flower, um, but they go to amazing uh, lengths to survive. Um, they only open their stomata at night. Um, and so most plants open their stomata during the day to serve as kind of a, a gas intake and exhaling point, you know, for that that um, carbon dioxide intake and oxygen release, which is so essential for photosynthesis. Now, photosynthesis, as we know, is the process that plants have to produce food and energy and grow and survive. Now, during photosynthesis, plants transpire and lose a lot of water in the process. During the day, water loss it would be incredibly high in deserts where there's extremely hot sun. So cacti, cactuses, have adopted a concept that um, scientists refer to as crassulacean acid metabolism, which is amazing, which allows the plants to only open their stomata at night when temperatures are cooler. So at night, these plants store carbon dioxide and release it during the day for food manufacture. And now during summer, with temperatures being really hot, plants get stressed 
this is really interesting. I once read about this. Plants can get stressed. So during the season in the summer, cacti keep their stomata closed both at day and night. And this is a very dormant phase where the plants don't grow at all. So they're very good. They're almost kind of hibernating. They're really preserving their resources, which is fascinating in so many ways. Um, of course, what do you think of when you think of a cactus? What's the most characteristic part of a cactus? Um, the prickly leaves. The uh, Are they leaves? Are they spines? They spines? are leaves. They are leaves, just, aren't they? You've got it right. That's absolutely right. It's, it's, it's basically a type of... So cacti spines are not thorns. They're highly modified leaves. You're absolutely right. And that's well where done. they store their water. Yes. I yeah. So um, they were they were designed to protect the desert oh, cactus so, from predators. Yes. Yeah. So if like you know, obviously you're a pretty incredible source of water, so it would make sense why little little mice or birds or bears or insects, you know, would come and try and like um, hop into you and. Um, poke you open and try and drink all your water but um, yeah it's it's that incredible thing of um, it's they're very protective they're a type of leaf they're also able to collect the spines as you said you're right they can collect water hints of water from the wind so that's how incredibly highly adaptable this plant is that the thorns create a surface area where they can actually get tiny little bits of water and moisture from the wind from the the air and because of i think i think i watched it when i was very little on um on the chinese kid channel that um that leaves are so so tiny so that the surface area will be very small so that less water will will be evaporated yeah, oh, that's fascinating. And and you're right. And sort of the, the, the spines also provide shade to slow evaporation as well. So it's like tiny little bits of shade across the plant. Okay, it's not much, but every little bit would count. And um, some types of cacti can actually survive for a year or two years without any water. Wow. So it's super fascinating. Um, they grow quite slowly for the most part. Um, the one that grows the slowest, the saguaro cactus, um, can take up to 10 years to grow an inch and a half. 10 years. But it can eventually grow as high as 80 feet tall. So imagine That's that. like really tall. Really tall. <laughs> it's like so it's building. quite, inc- yeah, it's incredible. Um, so, yeah, so it's it's a very interesting, it's a really interesting plant. Um, and not all of them, like not all cacti are native to kind of Western Americas. So um, there's, they, we find them, we find cacti and other succulents all over the world. Um, and it's it's really, really interesting. It's just, I just find them really fascinating, to be honest. Um, but yes, they also, they also, people can eat them. Um, I know uh, my mum, when she was growing up in Gibraltar, so like in the south of Spain, where it's also the climate is also very dry and arid in lots of ways. Um, There's quite a lot of prickly cactus-like plants. And she was like, oh, yeah, we used to eat them. We used to take them home and you take all the spikes off, but they're super delicious. Um, So I always thought, I always remembered that, but I always couldn't get my head around it. I was like, there's like a lot of spikes. Do you cook it or, you know, is it a salad or? Oh, like a fruit. They have it like a fruit. Yeah, you just kind of peel it and eat it like a fruit, um, which would be super interesting. Um, But yeah, so there's, there's, it's very, it's, there's obviously they're under a lot of some cactuses are under a lot of threat and apparently there's also poachers. There's a very lucrative black market for the cactus trade, which can lead to the destruction of the plants. Um, so that's kind of it's kind of sad in some ways, you know, like they've got all these defenses up, but they're not, you know, they're powerless against people, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's it's a very interesting idea. Now, um, what I found 
quite interesting. Like I mentioned, the sort of parasite cactus we've had on our balcony is when I was looking into like propagation. So how they do that. So propagation um, is important for the growth of new plants in the same species. So spines that are blown around by strong desert winds or that pierce animals who have tried to get to the cactus can often then find themselves in a new location. And then the spines can grow into cacti plants, which ensures the continuation of life for the plant. Whoa, so they're is, like seeds as well. They're almost like seeds, Whoa. yeah. And I thought like the, the cactus I'm describing, my parasite cactus that I have all over my balcony, it's got very, very, very small little spines. It's not a big cactus. So that must be just fascinating how that's happened on a really small scale, that there's been this propagation of this, um, of this cactus. Um, and as I, uh, I said, like, you know, they can take a long time to grow, but they can also live for ages. Um, most houseplants that we have require constant replacements because they have a short lifespan. I don't know about you, but I, am, I love mint. I was thinking about doing an audio column on mint and then I decided against it. I love mint, right, like fresh mint. It's so expensive when you buy like one little stem of it in the supermarket. So I'd much rather have a whole plant. Yes. And I'm always looking for like um, cheap mint plants. Do you have a, do you plant. have a mint plant? I do, oh. but like I, I don't tend. But the problem is that I find that I am in, I'm very bad at keeping my mint plants alive. They die almost instantly all oh. the time, and then they get really long and stringy. And um, yeah. I talked to my cousin who's um, a gardener, and he said, "Oh, they need quite a lot of air and a big pot." I'm like, "No, this is too much work." <laughs> like, yeah, I'm you, rubbish got, with plants. I'm yeah. rubbish with plants. But um, they, you know, that's the thing. Most plants require constant replacement because they have a short lifespan. And I wonder um, what. Things like basil and mint, do they replenish fast enough? Because like, you use them for cooking, you garnish your salad and, you know, yes, all sorts. exactly. I wonder if it, if it yeah. grows fast. I, I don't know. Maybe some of our listeners can, can let us know. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've always been jealous if you've gone to someone's house in Hong Kong <laughs> and, and you've gone and looked on the yeah. balcony and they have yes. like, even just a corner of a balcony, they just have a huge mint bush or a huge <laughs> basil bush. I'm like, how? How do you have that? That's my dream. <laughs> but anyway. I digress. Um, the problem is that, um, you know, they also, plants require care, right? Especially because they're in our homes and not in the environment they would usually be growing in, whatever. But a cactus um, can survive for decades. In fact, there are more than 1,500 species of cactus. Like, if you start looking at pictures of cactus online, it's, it's mind-blowing how beautiful and diverse the number of cactuses there are. Like, I described that kind of cartoon picture of a cactus right which is what my cactus originally was but it has definitely grown into some kind of cactus beast that i could never have imagined but very much appreciate and i think there's so much diversity um the average lifespan of a cactus plant plant is between 10 and 200 years whoa 200 years yeah so it can really outlive like the majority of plants and they don't require that much care either. Exactly. I was going to say they're so low maintenance. They don't need water. They don't even need water so much. They just yeah. like live forever. What, 200 years? Yeah, exactly. So some potted plants can take um, a few, like, you know, if we have potted plants that flower, um, you know, it happens pretty quickly, really. But growing a cactus requires a lot of patience. And the cactus plant grows slower because it does not contain chlorophyll in its leaves. And chlorophyll is present in the leaves of most plants, which is obviously quick food production for plants. Um, but it's really interesting because even though it, it takes a long time to grow, 
um, like I said, I've had this cactus that I basically forgot about on my balcony for years. Like it would be six or seven years I've had this plant and just kept moving it around and just never really paid it a lot of attention until I kind of took stock of it and went, what has happened? It's everywhere. And I've noticed it's been flowering and stuff like that. So it's definitely an, it's an exercise in patience for sure. Um, for sure, for sure, to have a to have a cactus plant, um, and they don't always grow in the desert as well. Obviously, we're in Hong Kong, and um, that's probably why this plant's grown a bit more effectively. There's a lot of moisture in the air. There's a lot of rain. You know, it's it's getting a lot of water as well. Um, and they, you know, they do survive well in the tropics, and they also survive in snow-clad mountains like the Alpines. So, like, you can actually have very mo- uh, mountainous environments with very harsh weather and no rainfall. The co- the cactus can even collect moisture from snow. No, so really. There's. I I always thought it was like a desert plant. Yes. Well, actually, technically, technically, like Antarctica or the Arctic are deserts. Remember this, like little factoid from being a child. Because of rainfall, they don't get rainfall. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of yeah. Yeah. So that's how we um, categorize a, a desert. Just to remind myself, you know, when my children tell you, when your children tell you things that you should have learned or remembered, and you're like, oh yeah, I remember learning that when I was six years old as well, and <laughs> forgotten it. Um, but yes, so interesting. it's super interesting. I have a few, I even have a few quotes to end on today. Yes, please, please. Um, okay, and this one is from Hope Jaren, who's a writer. He says, a cactus doesn't live in the desert because it likes the desert. It lives there because the desert hasn't killed it yet. <laughs> and then um, H. Jackson Brown Jr. said, hope is not a resting place, but a starting point. A cactus, not a cushion. I just thought that was really, <laughs> yeah, I just really like that. I like that. Um, um, Matshona Dilwayo said, a cactus is a desert's rose. And I thought, yep, that's quite beautiful as well. I'm not a big fan of roses, so I thought that was lovely. Um, Vera Nazarean said, the cactus thrives in the desert while the fern thrives in wetland. The fool will try to plant them in the same flower box. Mm. And I think that's a lovely example of diversity and how things are different and creatures and living things are different. I love that. And the last one is from Charles Proteus Steinmetz, who said, take the rose. Most people think it is very beautiful. I don't care for it at all. I prefer the cactus for the simple reason that it has a more interesting personality. It has wonderfully adapted itself to its surroundings. It is the best illustration of the theory of evolution in plant life. I like that a lot. Well, Cruzy, thank you so much for sharing all about cactus. I learned a lot from you this morning. Thank you very much. Until next week. Perfect. Thanks. Bye for now. See you, Cruzy. Thanks.